for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Come on in, all y'all. Let's have ourselves a little chat. A little chat about your two most favorite topics. You and your house. At my house, it's Rosie on the house. We show up every Saturday morning kind of share with you things we think you ought to know about owning, maintaining, repairing, and remodeling your Arizona home. If you have a project that you're trying to tackle or considering tackling or trying to finish, feel free to give us a call. Let's see what we can do by helping you out. Hey, I have a question for you. Do you know what an influencer is? You don't, do you? Look at that look. He doesn't know what that is. So Rosie's not huge on social media, as a matter of fact, not at all. But an influencer, Rosie, is a person who has um, the power to affect others' purchasing decisions because of their authority, their knowledge, their position, or their relationship with the audience. So I'm going to venture to say you are an influencer of sorts. Not social media, but the radio. And um, you have a great relationship with the audience. We know that because of all the wonderful phone calls we get during the week. Um, so one of the things we do is we try to present information that our audience can use, and um, and often people move on that information. So one thing we do every year is the National Hardware Show. I love that. Yeah. And so last year it was completely virtual. We didn't make it. And this year uh, we decided to do virtual again. It's not quite the same. But one of no, the, <laughs> not at all. And and because of COVID and the way people are communicating these days, um, there's a lot of you know the influence movement has kind of grown. So one of the things that the National Hardware Show is covering this year is a lot of DIY kind of influencing people. And um, I think it's really a, a good idea to think through this this year because Christmas is coming. You said it's too early to talk about Christmas, but it's really not because there are many, many, many. Surely it is. There's so many. Surely it is too early. Yeah, that surely gets you in so much trouble. (laughs) But there are so many containers sitting out in the ports that there's going to be a a shortage on product for our gifting. So it might be a really good year to become a DIY gifter. So I just wanted to um, to mention a couple of the influencers because in case that you are thinking you might like to give your – hand at making gifts this year. It'd be a perfect year to start. You need to get started now. A couple places you can find some great ideas would be Ben Yatta. um, He does affordable and sustainable design. And his his tag is homemade modern and his website is freegreen.com. But I watched yesterday you could make one of the things, projects he had was making concrete planters. And you know how expensive planters are, especially planters with any kind of weight to them so these he gives you a very simple hands-on youtube on how to make a concrete with a bag of what is that uh crete just ready mix or sack crete that one and just how to make them and color them it was really fun i think i might try that oh watch out so you could get oh watch out (laughs) here we go oh no don't you laugh and then the um another one 
was really a fun um, website. It's easyswan.com. And you can buy plans and projects on there. And uh, he just has a, he's, he calls it a maker's playground. He has all kinds of, it's really amazing all the things that he does. But in that, Rosie, I found an amazing product. We're going to have to have Romy test this for us. Oh, yeah? This is almost like buying someone a helper. It's called the Grabo. And it's a robust um, vacuum pump. So it's a tool that you would, it's a suction tool, and it'll lift up to 375 pounds. So using these, you can lift something heavy with, these, with a handle, the suction handle, or you can hang the suction handles on the wall and use them to help you. He shows you how to use them to set up cabinets by yourself. I mean, the things that you can do by yourself, and they run from about 200 to $300, but it'd be a great gift for, for yourself if you're alone. A lot of glass companies... Well, every glass company has these suction cups that are large disc with handles on them to pick up and move sheets of glass. So this is similar to that, but a much more aggressive, much heavier capacity. Uh, and, and anytime Jennifer gets excited about a tool, she only has to be excited about four seconds. I order it. <laughs> he doesn't need many uh-uh, no uh, no no if she says oh look at this this looks neat i usually have it ordered within about five minutes all right but, so i'm looking at it right now uh-huh. it's it's a portable battery powered grabo replaces the suction cups formerly used to lift and move heavy materials and it's a it com- it's a vacuum yeah 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 and and, and it, right now they're showing me picking up tile yeah floor tiles. right right it's amazing. You, like when you like, let's say you wanted to do like flagstone yeah, mm-hmm. trying to picture up picking to 300 those up. pounds. Well, try to picture picking up from both edges and getting your fingers pinched. Well, you just put this baby right in the middle and pick up a hole. I'm blown away. Can All right, up to so, 375 pounds. And this gentleman that uh, Jennifer's find of the year. <laughs> this gentleman that runs this website um, says it's going to make as much change in the way in tools as like the um, tape measure. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> He's like everybody's going to end up having one because they're so wonderful, basic. Retractable tape measure. I can still remember when those came out. I mean, we used to have six-foot wood collapsible tape measures. Oh, I remember those, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Boy, when they spring-loaded that little steel thing, you know, when Stanley steel-loaded that, I thought, oh, that's pretty handy. That's pretty handy. And it took us a long time to learn to trust it. I think this would be the same. So we'll get it, and we'll give it a test for you guys. And then one other uh, influencer they had was Crow. Creek Designs. It's a kind of an artist out of Alaska, and she does some really, really beautiful um, stuff with enamel and shows you how wood and enamel. So if you're more artsy than industrial, it'd be a good website for ideas for Christmas DIYs. So ideas to tackle do-it-yourself projects, do-it-yourself gifts to give, as opposed to waiting for the last minute and trying to find something surely that you may have a hard time getting your hands on. And, and have your heart set on. Yeah. And it's nowhere in sight. Okay. So that's the big takeaway from the National Hardware Show. Yeah, Julie and I are going to hit all the products next week, but that, that one was so exciting, I just had to get it out there. Okay. Well, have you already ordered me a Grabo? You and Romy both. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, I know he'll be able to use it out on the farm, that's for sure. Well, as much as we love our our... Our, our city, our home of the Phoenix metro area. Uh, Phoenix got some kind of bad news. 
this past week. We've only had good news. What's this about? Uh, Phoenix got some bad news. Uh, it has it it landed on the map in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies as possibly one of the best places on the planet to retire to. Well, we, poor old Phoenix now ranks a hundred and fortieth. Man, what do we do? And we, uh, we tanked quickly too, only, right? Yeah, that just was last, very quick. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact. We are just, I, I pulled this from Arizona Central. They're just 10 spots from the bottom. <laughs> Do you know, I, sometimes you're like the little froggy in the pot and you don't realize how things are getting hotter. But we have yeah. family in town who grew up here and we all went to high school yeah. together, your, your siblings. And they just are blown away. They don't know where they are. They can't believe the amount of traffic. They've commented on the pollution. So maybe we just haven't noticed. Well, a big, big factor in this is how unaffordable homes have become. Uh, and I don't know that that, I don't know that that's going to turn around. Is that any, different anywhere anytime else? Anytime soon. That- well, it, it was one of the things that made Phoenix so desirable is that you could sell a home in other locations around the country, come here and replace a similar home and still, have pockets full of cash left over and you can't do that anymore if you want to come here it's going to take about all the equity you had in your prior home at the prior location to come and invest here so um, affordability is a big problem and the state that still dominates the ranking on where to retire. Florida? Florida. Wow. I haven't spent much time there. we got to go f- I've, just I've look spent at enough anyway. time there to know that's not where I would want to retire. That's for that's sure. That's got to be crowded. Well, you know, three times a year you're driving to Georgia just to get out of the way of some hurricane. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's right. And, then there's and, that, yeah. And, it, and uh, Arizona Central, again, had an article, iguanas popping out of South Florida toilets. I would not like that in the middle of the night to flip on the light and there is something swinging. uh, Now, I I always thought iguanas were pretty smart. Why in the world would they want to get in a toilet and then pop out? (laughs) And and it is the Mexican spiny tail. Ouch. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Iguana. Uh, And a male spiny tailed Mexican iguana can get to. Four feet, seven inches long. (laughs) A female can get to three feet, three inches long. And in researching this, I found out I wanted to see what does a spiny-tailed Mexican iguana look like. There's actually whole websites on how good a pets they make. (laughs) Well, they must not because somebody's obviously flushing them down the toilet. Well, uh, they actually are accessing the uh, sewer system, uh, probably through roof-mounted vents. Oh, interesting. Uh, And they end up uh, in an area now where they get trapped, and they just swim upstream until they make it through the P-trap in the toilet. And their their little sticky cuption fingertips aren't sticky enough to climb up the inside of a polished porcelain toilet bowl. 
So you get the honors. They are kind of creepy looking creatures. Um, I can imagine going in there in the middle of the night, lifting the lid and having that look at you would be a bit of a surprise. The iguana removal services in Florida say that it's really one of the most urgent situations they have in trapping and eradicating the spiny-tailed Mexican <laughs> iguana. Oh, my my now sister that, and her husband live in Florida, too. i got to ask him about now, this. Now, that <laughs> should seriously diminish Florida's desirability as a place to retire. When we get back, we're welcome to take your phone call at one 767 4348 I like my seafood, and I like to fish, but I also love the great Wild West. I don't think I could ever relocate to Florida. On Monday, I opted to um, get a taste of fall Arizona, and so I drove up to Flagstaff Sunday night. I checked into the little uh, base camp motel at the Snowball Road, and uh, got up the next morning and proceeded to hike, attempt to hike, to the summit of Humphreys Peak. And uh, the, the golds and the yellows and the reds were so absolutely gorgeous that I couldn't encourage y'all enough. If you haven't made a trip north, and I understand that in the weeks leading up to now, some rooms were pretty hard to get. I was very fortunate. I contacted base camp. They had a room. I didn't need much. I was traveling by myself. So just a place to throw down for the night and get up in the morning. Rooms have been hard to find. But if you want to see fall color in Arizona, you're running out of time. Okay? Make, make, make the effort to get up and go check it out. And in that light... I just want to repeat what I had to say last hour. At the Snow Bowl, they've got the scenic gondola running today and tomorrow. And there's hardly an easier, more enjoyable way than riding that gondola up and back down. And that gondola was running last Monday while I was hiking. Uh, it was a little a little windy, but they still had it running. We were at about... 60 mile an hour sustained with on the on, near the summit uh 80 mile an hour gusts so it was a little little blustery but you could still see all the beautiful fall colors great hey you know we're here to answer your questions we do have some text questions coming in uh if you're the texter that asked about the um the light conversion we need more Rosie needs more information, give us a call. Um, if you wait, you might be a while before you get an answer. So um, 888-767-4348 is the best way to ever get a hold of Rosie without having to wait more than a few minutes. We love your questions. Also, the info, uh, info at rosieonthehouse.com. If you want to email us, um, you know, for Saturday morning, that's awesome, too. We have a, a couple, 83 years old and 86 years old. Okay. And they had the... Um, had an inspection of the house and were told that they needed to replace the water softener, outdated and old. Oh. And she's like, you know what? We're too old to lift those bags of salt anymore. Do you, do you <laughs> okay. have any saltless 
units that you recommend? Oh, boy. I could, that's a loaded I, question. Uh, that's a loaded question. It really is. Uh, do we have their name at all? Um, not right this second. Okay. All right. Uh, so for the, uh, for the 80-year-old couple that is writing in about replacing their water softener, uh, asking about treating their water without having to carry the salt bags. It is definitely one of the downsides of water softening. But you cannot soften water without an ion exchange, which requires sodium or potassium. You can soften water through nanofilters, but the nanofilter has to be about the size of a two-car garage, and it wastes so much water. It is not residentially viable, feasible, or logical. Any other water treatment that is not an ionic exchange is not water softening. It may at best be a descaling tool, but that's at best. I'm not a believer in anything that uses uh, magnets wrapped around your pipe. Uh, that may change the character of water while it is in that magnetic field. But as soon as you turn the faucet on and ask that water to move outside of that magnetic field, it reverts right back to the way it was before it experienced that magnetic field. So they've got a challenge. They've been accustomed to soft water. It will be hard for them to grow accustomed to hard water. But they've got to beat the dilemma of salt bag, you know, 40, 60, and 80-pound salt bags. Don't some of those companies provide someone so, to come out and do that for you as a service? Uh, I'm going to encourage them to contact the Rosie Certified Water Conditioning Company in Arizona, Connecticut, or Water Treatment Technologies, and just discuss with them the service of having those delivered and installed. But if you're used to true soft water, you're not going to be happy with any of those claims of the alternative systems. I'll bet my bottom dollar on that. tapping Arizona homeowner rhythm for you. We invite you to call one 767 4348 if you've got a question about any home improvement project you're trying to tackle, which is exactly how Mary got a hold of us calling from Chandler. Let's see what Mary's trying to tackle today. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Rosie. I'm trying to tackle my air conditioning runs. Okay. Can I clean them myself, or do I need to get them professionally cleaned? And by air conditioning runs, 
You're talking about the metal ductwork. Right. Okay. Yeah, the stuff that's in the attic. Uh-huh. How how old is your home? Seventy two. Nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you been in the home all that time? No. Okay. I'm the third, uh, third how, homeowner. How old is the existing air conditioning unit? Well, one's about 15 years old, and the other one's not quite 10. Okay. So two units that are both... Uh, the 15-year one is is approaching the end of its economic life. The 10-year probably should have. Now, I've seen air conditioners last 30 years, but um, not very often. Okay, so cleaning the ductwork, Mary, um, is a little bit trickier than you might think. Now, you can remove the registers and reach in there as far as you can with your uh, sponges and brushes and vacuums and clean the first three or four or five feet. But a unit, a ductwork system that's been in place since 72 probably ought to be cleaned all the way. And I tell people don't clean your ductwork without having the appropriate personnel also clean the coils of your air conditioning system. So you'll see a lot of times people offering duct cleaning for $179. And you'll schedule it and they'll come out. That's per unit. It's kind of, it seems to be kind of the price. Um, And they'll come clean one unit for that. And before they leave, they'll schedule to come back in about six months to let's do it again, keep it clean. Here's my thought on that. Mary, pay to have it done once completely. The air conditioning unit, the ductwork, the coils, the condensate pan, have it all done at one time. That's gonna cost you about four to five hundred dollars per air conditioner. Then you start maintain that clean system with a good filter and we like to recommend paper pleated filters and you aren't going to have to clean those ducts again for 10 to 15 years so the surfaces the services that just come in and blow dust and use a vacuum to vacuum out the loose dust in your ductwork really aren't giving you the clean duct work or the clean air you might like to think they are. That's a hard job to do yourself. Uh, I don't know that the equipment can be rented. I would tell you to contact Arizona Chimney Sweep and Duct Work and get a quote for getting it clean, getting it clean properly, and then be saving your money for replacing some air conditioners, which I think will occur for you in the next couple or several years. So I hope that helps not only answer your question about cleaning ducts, but answers all Arizona homeowners' questions about how to get a duct clean. Cleaning the ducts with these services that don't take your air conditioner apart, as soon as the air conditioner comes on, they're blowing 
everything in the cabinet cavity, everything in the coil, right back in your ducts. You're really not cleaning anything. So be weary of that. I've said for years, I wouldn't have anyone clean my ducts that wasn't a licensed Arizona air conditioning contractor because I don't want anybody taking my air conditioner apart that isn't a properly trained air conditioning technician. 72 would make it metal ducts, correct? 72 will definitely be metal ducts. Metal box ducts, absolutely. All right, let's see if we can go to Jim in Peoria and see what he's up to. Mr. Jim. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I, uh, I'm kind of a DIY, but I, uh, I know my limits. Okay. So my project is extending my house uh, and including it into the back patio. Okay. And uh, so I had someone come out to tell me whether that uh, wall with the Arcadia door is a bearing wall. They said it is, uh, but uh, because my purpose was to extend the vaulted ceiling inside all the way through to the back, uh, the back of the house. And it sounded like he was saying that the framing of the flat ceiling of the patio was supporting the roof uh, above it. And I don't know, I just am having trouble seeing that. Do you know if that's typical or can I beef up those two or three trusses above the patio uh, to support the roof? Okay. I'm going to try and draw a picture in my head. We've got a house where the it, it's a it's a pitched roof, correct? Correct. Okay. And the ridge line of that roof, uh, let's just say it runs east and west and your patio is off to the north. So do you want to now put a new ridge, a new hip roof onto that room uh, addition? Yeah, no. The patio is uh, parallel with the trusses. It's a uh, eight feet by okay. fourteen foot patio. So what I want that wall that is common to the interior, I want to remove that wall. I kind of left that part out. Okay. I want to remove that wall and make the exterior of the patio now the uh, exterior of the house. So okay. this vaulted ceiling inside carries all the way through. How how big, how much of that load-bearing wall do you want to remove? All of it? The width of the room? Well, I guess my question is, is it really a load-bearing wall? Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Okay. So I would probably want to remove um, uh, about eight feet of it. Okay. Uh, it doesn't come up to the... Uh, center of the trusses in the attic. Okay. Uh, but the the width uh, or the length of the patio. Okay. Eight eight feet is very doable, Jim, because the linear footings that are underneath that back wall will support concentrate concentrated loads. You're going to have to put a beam to carry that eight feet of trusses, and you're going to have to put two posts on either side of that post, uh, either side of that beam. We can go 8, 10, or 12 feet and not 
put supplemental footings and foundation in. Your lineal footing that's down there now is sufficient to carry the point load of an eight-foot beam. So you're fortunate there. Uh, if you wanted it to go to, you know, bigger than a garage door opening, 18, 20, 20, I mean, some of these were opening up to 30 feet. You know, we actually have to go in and put supplemental foundations in, huge beams and big posts. So yours can be, yours can be done, but it is absolutely load-bearing, and you're going to want an engineer to design that beam, and you're going to do it with a building permit. We're actually working with an engineering company right now that currently specializes in just doing this. And I'm going to take your number and uh, phone number down and name, and I'll, I'll give you their phone number. You can just talk them through. They can look at your address by satellite, and they can probably talk you through exactly what you're going to need right there on the phone. You can assess uh, their recommendations and advice and retain them to do an engineering drawing of it to go get a building permit and proceed from there. Now, when we extend the living quarters out onto a back patio, Jim, you're generally stepping down, okay? That, the city isn't going to allow that. They're going to have you, wherever you want that new outside wall, they're going to have you bring a waterproof product, a masonry wall, a masonry stem wall, a concrete stem wall, up to the height of your existing finished floor. Then you have the option of keeping the step down or overpouring that and making it one surface. If you're planning on being in the house anytime at all, I would greatly encourage you, go ahead and raise the floor to finish floor level and allow it all to be at the same plane. It greatly enhances the appraisal of the property as opposed to stepping down into what everyone can tell was one time the back patio. I was in a home like that very recently. It's also a huge trip hazard. Even though you know it's there, it's it's a very subtle drop. It's not like a step. It's a little trip edge. So it is, and it does look like add-on. So and it's our worth little, the time and effort. And our little remodeling company, uh, Rosie Wright Remodeling, we currently have four projects that are infilling sunken living rooms. <laughs> so... Uh, Sons the step, sons the step, get rid of the step. And even that infilling living rooms is so much more than a lot of people realize. Uh, we've got to do termite pretreat. We've got to do pinning with rebar to the existing slab and foundation. We've got to lift all the baseboard, the drywall, the furring strips up above the new level. We've got to raise electrical receptacles that are down there, get them back up to 12 inches above the new finished floor. It's actually quite a bit of work before you just go in there and slop in a bunch of concrete. So, but it's, it's being done all the time. Jim, I hope that kind of guides you along. I will ring you and give you the name of this engineering company. It's actually a couple of framers, uh, carpenter framers. Uh, with engineering licenses, and we've just kind of stumbled across them in the last six months, and this is exactly what they do. It's become such a big trend of opening up the backyard wall of your home to your patio. 
Tapid music keeps us all energized for the whole morning. So welcome back to the last segment of the 9 o'clock hour. We do have a whole other hour with some really good information for you if you're thinking about should I stay in my home or should I buy a new one? Lots to think about. So we'll have a good conversation. But you know what, Rosie? We haven't even covered our blog today, which is on Plumber. We're doing a series on the different contractors. Um, we've done the day in the life of the HVAC guys, a day in the life of the electricians, and today we want to talk about a day in the life of the plumbers because they are essential, especially during the <laughs> holidays. You do not want yeah. bad plumbing during the holidays. You know, one of the reasons uh, that motivated us to do this series on a day in the life of all of these technicians was really, hopefully, if you've got someone in your family that's looking at changing careers... Uh, which has kind of been shuffling around a lot the last year, year and a half, uh, or a young person in your life that uh, is looking for something to do, we'd like everyone to consider uh, a career in the trades. It's going to be an incredibly good way to make a very comfortable living. And so we've highlighted the electrician, we've highlighted the air conditioning contractor, and today we're highlighting the plumber a little bit. And the great thing about a plumber is uh, once you learn it, you're always going to have work. No always. doubt. Especially as we talked about the age of the housing stock in Arizona is uh, getting of the age where many of these plumbing lines and plumbing systems, both the supply and the waste, are going to be in need of reconditioning or replacement. Not to mention even systems that are in good working order need to be maintained. I have, a, I have a friend named Scott, and he's a pretty handy handyman. Tackles quite a bit himself. And I thought it was hilarious when he shared with me how he tackles his plumbing do-it-your-prayer. He goes to the Ace Hardware store, and he doesn't take the hand basket. He takes the big <laughs> push cart. I think I know where this is going. And you just go down the plumbing aisle and you sweep everything <laughs> you think you might need into this cart. Whether you, you know, even if you think you might need it, you throw it in the cart. So you're going to go home with about five bags of plumbing parts. <laughs> but at least that way, you've cut the trip down to two trips. As opposed to your five? <laughs> yeah, yeah, as opposed to five. Because you think you figured out exactly what that hose is. You know, is that seven sixteenths or is it a quarter or is that three eighths? Uh, is, it a, is it a brass nut? Is it a plastic nut? Is it a cone washer? Is it a flat washer? So Scott goes to the hardware store and just loads the basket, takes it all home, spreads it out, gets his plumbing job done, saves his receipt, and then goes back and he, he, he parts through it. He says, well, I might want that for inventory in my own garage. And I might want that for inventory in my own garage. And then he returns it all. And when it comes to plumbing repairs, that makes so much sense. Well, you have found out a new trick as well. Call William. 
Yeah, yeah. We call have a my son, son who's a master plumber, and Rosie will get stuck. And actually, you could now call him before you even get stuck. You just go ahead and save yourself one of those trips. Yeah, we were. I was actually fixing a dilemma in my kitchen sink. Our our little Delta faucet uh, gets stiff to turn. Well, taking those apart and lubricating them is actually very easy. And so I put it all back together, and it was working fine, with one exception. The little lever to turn the water on and off would spin 360 degrees. Oops. And I thought, well, how did I miss lining up those two little feet at the cartridge? They line up and they land in there. So, I, Gary, I looked at it. I, I, I crawled under. I crawled on top. I thought, Thankfully, I wasn't home. <laughs> I was very, very, I maintained oh, unbelievable oh. composure. Unbelievable. I'll ask the dogs. When it, <laughs> when it, when it comes to plumbing. Uh, well, uh, never forget to retighten the set screw. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you, and it took my plumbing son in Portland on the phone. I said, what did I do wrong? He says, well, you didn't get the cartridge anchored with those two little feet that sit back in there. I said, no, I'm positive I did. And so he, we talked for about five minutes. He said, Dad, did you take the Allen wrench and retighten it? That's good. <laughs> so that's the way plumbing works at our house. You know, we talk about the needs of what a, a plumber should consider uh, in, in, in pursuing a career. One, it, it is a service, a tradesperson, that is going to be needed forever. And one of the top lists, one of the top priorities, the qualifications on the list, is flexibility. And, you know, you, you don't need to be flexible. You need to be a contortionist. That, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yes. It was 1984. I was remodeling a home in north central Phoenix for an attorney and his wife. And we were trimming out. And it was the boys' bathroom down the hall. And this guy, this plumber, Bob. It was Big Bob, Big Bob the plumber. Uh, he says, Rosie, let me, let me just show you how to use this basin wrench and how we anchor these valves uh, so it'll make it easier for you next time to know how to leave the cutouts for the subtop and leave me room to anchor. He says, why don't you get under there and tighten this faucet? <laughs> oh, you have to be a Tom Sawyer. I, so, you, so, of course, sure, I can do that. No problem. Man, I was under that sink for... I know 40 minutes before I finally tapped out. And I said, I'm sorry, Bob, I can't do it. He says, I know. Neither, I won't be able to either because you put it in there wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted you to fight it for a half hour so you could see the next time. So I learned that lesson back in 1984, that when you're assembling your remodeling project, always think about that next trade coming. So thank you to Bob the Plumber that taught me that lesson in 1984. Plumbing is a great way to make a great living.